0: Welcome to Young Hip Hop Heads. My name is DJ Specs. Ross Kaloli. Today is January 12th, 2021, and I'm kind of tired today. I'm not going to
1: lie to you. You're telling me I yeah, had to go and get an MRI, so I woke up at like 5 in the morning. Oh, what for? It. Just a uh, checkup. I had brain surgery oh, yeah. like 5 years ago, so just get like checkups every three, six months. So, okay. really early day for me today, too. Did yeah. it go well, though? Yeah, yeah. No- Nothing's changed, so it's good to hear all right that's but good just like a long long day and then i do that tutoring uh i don't know if i mentioned it in the podcast but I, I like mentor a sixth grader and that's tuesdays from like 6 to seven forty five. so it's yep. like a long long day today but always happy to end up with the podcast though
0: that's right i'm very excited about today's episode man maybe i'm so fucking tired though because i'm tired of the bears and it's finally over but god that playoff game sucked
1: that was the worst that was like you said uh, before we started the podcast microcosm of the bear season of the
0: entire season and it just I don't know I didn't think they were going to win obviously no. but it just sucks well, I, I don't want to spend that much time on it but now I'm in that like phase where like Right after the bear season's done, I fucking boycott football for a little bit. So you were talking about, like, oh, you're excited for Bills and whatever this week, and I was like, I'm not even fucking thinking about football. Oh, come I'm on. too pissed about it. It's always it's so nice watching good football teams after watching That's the true. Bears. true. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just mostly hate it because the Packers are still in. So I'll watch that game and fucking find a Rams jersey to wear. Some
1: people are saying the Rams are a good candidate to beat them with uh, Cam Akers and having what's-his-face to lock up Devontae. I hope so. Yeah. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be dope. That would be dope. That's on. uh I think Saturday. Saturday
1: three thirty, and then the big game though, the one I really want to watch is Bills Ravens Saturday night. That's that should be like a barn burner of a game with like Lamar and Josh Allen. Yeah. So.
0: I guess by then
1: I'll I'll be excited about it again. I don't, I just feel like you can't beat play football and like it's like personally when it comes to like baseball, as soon as it comes around the postseason, I can't I don't watch shit. That's true. Football, I can still fucking watch it.
0: Yeah, I have, that, kind of I of have that same shit with the Cubs the, since the season's so fucking long. And just like once they're out, I'm just like, now I'm really done. I usually, by the Absolutely time like, the baseball out. season's
1: like wrapping up, you are like, almost like hate watching it at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: It's way different with football.
1: <laughs> Speaking, I guess we should probably mention it sucks because like the Sox are getting better. Cubs are doing nothing. They just signed Hendricks, the closer. The, the White did. Sox did, yeah, yeah, from the A's, I so saw that. So they probably have, like, the most loaded team on paper, at least in the uh, American League, so... I mean, good but, for them. Yeah, it's, it's... I don't hate them as no, much me as either. I
0: fucking hate other teams, but, I mean, I'm, been not a gonna, I'm not gonna them. cheer for them, you know? Yeah, same here. Yeah, obviously, we're Cubs fans around here if you knew that. I had something to say. Not a lot of music.
1: No, I I just thought, it's, whatever I was saying, like, three weeks ago is finally coming true I'm not telling you there's going to be a slowdown on music it's going to be a pause it's going to be a while finally we're seeing that pause really nothing really last week I don't think I
0: got got one song it's called Best Friend by Sweetie and Dozer Cat it's it's pretty solid it's already fucking on TikTok and I know that because Eileen just watches that shit and fries my brain every day with TikTok I mean some of them are like funny don't get me wrong but like once you hear the same thing over and over again I've said it on the podcast a million times I will be hearing Best Friend by Sweetie and Doja Cat so many times where I'm gonna fucking hate it.
1: There, there's definitely like a part of the song that's just built for TikTok, huh? Yeah. Just, yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know if you've heard it, but it's just like, I've I don't know. It. It's that catchy like twerk song. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's a fucking fun no, song for sure. I actually, that's what I was gonna say. I'm DJing again next weekend in Milwaukee at Sight. It's their hip hop night, and I'm pretty fucking excited excited oh, about that. Oh, nice. Them. Yeah, so I'll be doing it. will probably be like 75% hip-hop, and then the rest open format, but last couple of times I've been there, I haven't been since like, I don't know, beginning of December, maybe even before that, so it's been a while, but the last few nights I've been there has been fucking solid. Nice. So, trying to get some homies to come up if you want to join. Yeah, dude,
1: definitely. I'm kind of down. I think I I was telling you last week, me and Megan were like, she was like, ass down and the next time he's DJing, I kind of want to go.
0: So, yeah, so yeah, we you done. got? 11 days to prepare, so... This will be out, and then I think we'll have another episode out by then, so I'll remind y'all again if you guys listen to the podcast and are following me and want to come up to Milwaukee. Can't do shit in Chicago still, so... So, did you
1: you DJ at all in 2020 in Chicago?
0: Yeah. Actually, I got an email from the guy asking about if my address changed, because he's sending out tax forms and shit, because I did DJ in Chicago up until St. Patrick's Day. Oh, So, I'm going to have to pay the taxes just for that first three months as opposed to the entire year usually right so yeah who who sends the forms to you the collective is the music trust they do like fremont they do Uh, benchmark they do a bunch of other places that i played at and then they just send all the checks it's actually really nice because i really don't have to do any work and they fucking just mail the checks in the mail every two weeks when i'm djing during the normal year so it's very nice very laid back. I don't ever have to worry about chasing around money.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, but anyway, hopefully 2021 we get some fucking more
1: gigs going. Speaking of uh, 2020, I ordered. So in September, remember there was a huge craze with Travis Scott and his fucking McDonald's hamburger mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck? So he released a merch line, and like I would say like 85% of it was like either just trash or like overpriced or overpriced trash. <laughs> but there was one thing I kind of like, not going to lie, maybe people think it's corny, but he put out some like house slippers and they're like brown uh, with like the cactus like logo, but it was yeah. like with like fries as like the stitching. Right. Like, you know, where like the laces would be. It and was like fries.
0: They're not here yet, are they? So I ordered
1: them September 10th thinking, perfect, these are going to get here by winter. I'll have them for the winter, you know, house slippers. I got a email November so two months after I ordered them I almost fucking forgot about them there's been a delay like we'll we'll give you an update in four weeks we expect it to ship in five weeks so go November 10th Thanksgiving passes Christmas passes nothing I'm literally like at this point I'm like how could I just cancel this shit and get my money back so it wasn't very exactly cheap you know so I'm like this is just pissing me off and as soon as I'm like about to like look into like doing this I got an email like they're on their way I'm like damn okay so (laughs) it took them four months bought them september 10th they delivered january 9th
0: oh you just got them
1: i they're my parents house oh okay they they came four months later travis got what the hell man like what are you doing (laughs) my money for four months
0: (laughs) i don't think that's really up to him but maybe it is i don't know it should it should be up
1: to him because like i am thinking it's not him and i'm sure everyone else that's ordering shit it's like what the fuck if you're gonna like Put your name on stuff. That is you gotta true. like make sure you have the accountability. Like shit, Drake's collective uh, uh, certified lower boy. shit. He got that shit fast. I
0: even got a refund for the That's thing so cool. that I that I still got. I got my money back. With I'm sure it. Drake
1: didn't have much to do with that, but like I feel like Drake wouldn't put his name on something that takes fucking four months to get to you after you order it either you know so yeah for sure come on travis guy you you need to have a big bounce back here in 2021 too so
0: that's what i was going to mention it would make sense if like he put that shit out as like merch with some music and then like we talked about in the summer when you just like release merch and then it counts as an album sale yeah you just straight up bought some slippers and never even got them i just some slippers (laughs) (laughs) that's funny shit though we don't have a lot else to talk about besides our main topics, so the last time we did we started with top five producers we did our first two so four and five now we each have three left am i correct yeah we do so i went first last time you want to go first this time
1: yeah let's do it so just to recap my five was harry fraud which you just tweeted me something earlier this week so he's doing a collab uh, mixtape with Benny the butcher right it's oh all- yeah so that's huge. Uh, that's awesome. And you,
0: you also said that there was a song on... On Jack Harlow's album that was I'm trying to pull up right now. It was by, produced by Harry Fraud. I think it was either Crime or Keep It Light. It might have been Keep It Light.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. So yeah, he's uh, getting a little more uh, placements, I guess, with like some more mainstream artists. Confirmed uh,
0: Keep It Light, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to hear that, uh, Benny the Budger Project. That's going to be perfect because that's like... Who he has the most success with? I feel like when he like pairs up with some, someone that's doing like those hard hitting raps,
0: like Griselda. And,
1: yeah, and he has those like uh, boom bop beats. So. Yeah, we'll see. So that was my number five. My number four was Boy Wonder. Just you know, Drake affiliated. Just basically one of Drake's like in house producers has branched out to other artists. But really, some of those Drake songs that you think of like the biggest bangers. Boy Wonder is behind it, and he does a lot of, like, collabs with 40 where it's, like, co-produced by both of them. So yeah. my, my number three, though, is going to be No ID. So this is okay. a sh- Chicago legend, actually, for some respect on his name. Yeah, man, like, this guy has, like, such a rich history in the game. I would say, you know, with, like, him and Pete Rock, DJ Premier, probably one of the most legendary producers of all time. He worked with Common, like, way back in the day, uh, I am sure everyone's heard the song I used to love her HER it's about hip hop um, yeah. if you've ever heard Kanye's Homecoming you know Kanye is talking about hip hop he's talking about a girl but like he, the song it, Homecoming yeah, yeah okay. and then it turns out it's about hip hop so that's inspired by Common's song I used to love her okay and uh, that, that song Common's song came out in like 1994 and that was produced by uh, No ID so that was like probably one of his like first big placements sp- he basically, like, was a springboard for Common's career, just producing for him. So, he's been in the game for over 20 years. And he was actually a mentor to Kanye West, who I think you're going kind to of call talk about. I am, I am, so, shortly after this. So, he was a mentor to Kanye, and he actually introduced Kanye to his, uh, no friend, Hip Hop, that's his nickname, Hip Hop, Kiambo Hip Hop Joshua. He was the A&R for Rockefeller Records. So, he was one that actually signed Kanye. Okay. No ID's friend signed Kanye after... No idea, pretty much was like, yo, I'm working with this kid. I'm mentoring this kid, working with him to make beats. He's got really a lot of talent. Like, you should take a look at him. Okay. And uh, if you want some more history on that, on the Last Call, on the, so basically the outro to College Dropout, yeah. it's like a you know 10-minute... It's a, it's a song, but it's a lot of talking, too, by Kanye. Yeah, I mean,
0: I love that song. Yeah, it, it's, it is kind of just like... It's a song for like four minutes, and then the other... It's like eight, a story. Eight is a story. It's, it's story. really dope. I and don't know if you've heard it, but... It's definitely a deeper cut from Kanye because you're not going to hear that anywhere you go because it's 12 minutes long. Yeah,
1: exactly. But he basically is telling his come-up story and he mentions no ID. He talks about how everything works. So that's a really interesting story, just hearing that from Kanye. And going back and listening to that now, was like, wow, that's like a very different Kanye. Very more, like yeah. A lot more humble of a Kanye. You yeah, know, I'll, I'll talk
0: about that in a little bit here. I do have one question, though. Doesn't... Yeah. On Big Brother, he talk about No Idea throughout the whole, like, hook?
1: It's No Idea and Jay-Z. That's who the song's about. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so basically, he was, so No Idea, like, put aside, like, his actual producing uh, abilities as well, but he was also the former president of Good Music, head A&R for Def Jam. Okay. So, he he was, like, one of those guys that, like, almost is, like, picking who's going to be next, you know? Management guy. Yeah, management, and also just, like... Think about it, like, when he was in these positions, it was like, you know, early, mid-2000s, so he was, like, kind of the guy that was choosing what's going to be big on the radio, what's going to be, like, the next sound that takes over, that kind of thing, too. But it's funny, though, because, like, he really, like, has produced, like, so many, like, just cult classic songs, but also, like, mainstream songs, and he's still around today. Like, he produced Big Sean's album just this year. Pretty much executive produced.
0: Uh, What's it called? Detroit 2. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a really cool, cool quote that I thought that it was definitely worth mentioning. So he was talking about, you know, working with Big Sean and talking about Control. So that's one of my favorite songs that No ID produced was Control. Yeah. The epic
0: Kendrick Lamar this
1: Exactly A song. That now it's known more For Kendrick Lamar Than for Big Sean It but was Big Sean's don't song Don't sleep yeah. on Big Sean Because he actually Kind of killed it On his verse too He yeah. just didn't know What Kendrick had in store For, him, for him, the rest of the song But anyway So No Idea was talking with, with Big Sean Toward the end of uh, I think that was Hall of Fame So that was the album That Control was supposed To be on And basically No Idea told Big Sean Hey you should do Some straight Hardcore hip hop records I don't want you To focus on Selling records I want you to focus on hitting all your artistic points you want to cover. Control was actually originally made for Jay-Z. And No Idea was like, Big Sean, you got to take this beat. I want you to like really That's rap over crazy, this. That's crazy, man. Right? He's like, I really want you to rap over this. Forget the money. Forget everything. Just rap on this beat. So No Idea was like, yeah, I was on just like this hip-hop crusade. And I was trying to bring that energy back, like the raw energy that I felt like was missing in hip-hop. Think about twenty thirteen. That was like the start of like that like trendier trap rap. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? So I could totally see where he was coming from at the exactly. time. Exactly.
0: That wow. is a wild fact. I didn't know that, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also another thing that um, is really cool. No idea was the primary producer of four forty four. Okay. Which that that keeps on coming up in our real conversation. So at some point we gotta go and just do a review of four forty four. That's right. It'll take us probably like. 40 minutes it's like literally a 30 minute album so okay. we, we should really like sit down and do like a dissect version of that I think it's I'm just, down it just keeps like coming up in conversations you know what I mean that's right
0: that's right you know what let's fucking lock it in for next week because we don't have shit going on and Drake hasn't released this shit yet so we know that's going to take our mind you know so lock it in for next week
1: yeah so that's really like I just wanted to mention uh, no idea it's kind of hard to like just say favorite songs because he's produced so many fucking songs it's like unbelievable like. yeah but control is definitely one of my favorites and then all 444 some of those uh beats on 444 were just incredible bam is one that sticks yeah. out to me family feud family feud is all also one that sticks out to me and it's cool i'm pretty sure that drake uh shouts them out because drake and low a freestyle for family feud and that was like one of the few songs on a uh, low dedication six that was actually like the original beat right the other ones like DJ Drama has a, like almost like reverse engineer the beats because oh, okay. you can't get them for real. Right. So they sound like kind of you know low quality.
0: But they got the original. Well they actually got feud. the
1: family few beats, so it sounded like the best song on yeah. the next day.
0: That's good shit, man. I wish I knew more about No ID so I could freaking chime in, but that was dope. So last week I did Mad Lib and then I did Timbaland. Yep. This next guy, who we just mentioned, Kanye West, kind of was influenced by Timbaland a little bit. And, I mean, we talked about Kanye a thousand times on here, but not really his production, so I'm going to try to stick with that. It's kind of tough to only stick with Kanye's production because he's fucking, like, I don't know, revered as one of the greatest rappers ever, right? So I said, as a kid around 15, Kanye was already producing these clean beats for Chicago rappers and really got his name out in the, like, production game quick. People are like, whoever the fuck this guy is, he's, like, crazy, but his beats are just sharp. The drum sounds sharp. The loops are tight. His name got out, and when one of his friends said, "Hey, you got You should go to New York. You could really like take off in New York." So he hopped in the U-Haul, like he rapped about, and I think he went with his mom too, and they moved to New York. And as he's trying to sell these beats, everybody that he would go to, he would like rap for them too, you know, because that's just the fucking way Kanye is. Now Kanye is like a different level of crazy, but he was still crazy then too, you know. Well, a different kind of crazy. I'm going to
1: keep on interjecting when you talk about Kanye, because like, we both love Kanye. we got to talk about Kanye. Please do. In that last Call song, he's talking about how he basically was rapping for Jay-Z when he was like... Jay-Z took a bunch of his beats for yeah. the Blueprint, right. and they were in the room together, and Kanye was almost just like, I want to rap too. And then I think Jay-Z almost thought he was like, kind of like a joke. Yeah. Then Kanye dropped that epic uh, line, you know... I, Mayonnaise color bends. I push miracle whips. Yeah. So that that's that came came up in Last Call too. So this is like totally. Yeah, he said in. he said
0: some shit. He goes, I don't want to say it on here because I'm gonna want to use it in a different song, and he still says it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Like Arash said, as he was selling these beats, he's like going crazy at everybody, and then like they really like almost treat him like a freaking little brother kind of deal. They're like just fucking calm down, give us a beat, whatever. But in like interviews I've seen. His like boldness and how animated he was really started to get people 's attention, obviously, how could it not
1: let 's talk about his style though too you got don 't forget about the style that 's like the big thing I think that give him like gave him like a platform too right He was wearing those pink polos he was wearing the backpacks like the reason I think like backpack grab comes from like Kanye. Really, like, wearing literal backpacks around. Yeah, because like his... he's not
0: pretending to be, like, in the streets. No. He, was like, he was, like, being, like, a preppy kid. He
1: is the son of a college professor. Mm-hmm. That's how he acted. That's how he dressed. That's how he spoke. So.
0: Yeah. So he's obviously way different than anybody. But his, like, first sampling started off as, like, speeding up these soul samples on classic records. And people called it, like, chipmunk sampling. It sounded like Alvin and the Chipmunks a little bit. And that's kind of the main shit of College Dropout, right? Yep. The big one, I did want to say, like, his first, like, official single production credit that was um, not from, like, a small-town Chicago guy was Jermaine Dupree and Nas. It was Turn It Out in 97. And then his big, big single that he produced was off of the blueprint. It was Izzo. Everybody knows the H. So, that's Kanye's sampling. I don't know. It's just, like... As a kid, I wish I, like, knew that, you know? Yeah. Me it's kind of crazy, but everybody, I feel like everybody knows that nowadays if you're a hip-hop fan. But he produced Takeover, Heart of the City, Never Change, Girls, 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 all on that Blueprint album. That Takeover beat is hard, by the yeah. way.
1: That, that's a little bit different than the other beats, like, that we're talking about. Like, just his early style, I feel like. That Takeover beat is totally different. Mm-hmm.
0: And he gets signed by Rockefeller. Uh, And then this is like... He would be doing shows with Jay-Z. to be like rapping. Like, I just got signed by Rockefeller. All this. He's working on College Dropout. And he gets in the car crash. Yeah. And then this one was like his first like rap. Like, big rap single. If if, uh, you don't mind me saying. He records Through the Wire with his jaw wired shut. Uh, But the production on it was that... He took that classic Soul uh, Through the Fire sample sped it up, made it uh gave it the old Kanye way and it is what we know it as today, you know? That song's a fucking classic and I love playing that at the fucking bar. Certified classic. Yeah. Then the college dropout comes out and then another song that got mad attention was Jesus Walks. Because it's this dude, like we said, it's this like preppy like backpack kid who is not rapping about like the streets, he's rapping about Jesus and little did we know that foreshadow to fucking 20 years later that's he's so still true. rapping about Holy Jesus shit. right yeah. that's like when he does the Sunday service he still does Jesus walks because oh like he God. was doing that shit 20 years ago it's it's amazing to me man but the more I read into this so by the time a college dropout like this this chipmunk style yeah. like was being used by everybody because yep. it was like so hot so Kanye realized he's like I gotta be doing something new so like that's probably the most iconic thing Generally, that Kanye does for sampling is he's the first on the new trend every single time. Yes, sir. You know? He obviously had more, whatever, more equipment, nicer equipment than, than people in the 90s and shit did. But it's still crazy how he just is the trendsetter for every single kind of thing. So I kind of have it listed down here. Late registration, he started to use uh string and orchestra samples. And then obviously the big one from that was like Gold Digger where he took Ray Charles and the piano, and then graduation. He incorporates the house. He he takes Daft Punk. He takes that makes stronger. He uses electronica. He brings in disco elements. He brings in electro infused elements. Which again, at that time, like that's happening a shit ton now. Yeah. But in fucking oh seven, that was not happening. When I, I remember when Stronger first came out, I, I heard that like, I was what like, What the fuck is this? Exactly, yeah. bro. Every single time you hear a new Kanye song like what the fuck is this now it's like you kind of expect some crazy shit but up until like yeezus it was like what in the world you know then his mom dies he incorporates the auto-tune which i feel like him and lil wayne started doing that at the the same time ish but kanye was producing wayne songs then too so you gotta think that uh kanye had some like influence on that as well right yeah
1: i think t-pain is probably the one that that's true i I forgot about t-pain
0: as well I'm sure if I look it up, Kanye produced a T-Pain song too, but that sound really had never been done before, and it conveyed like more of the sad message he wanted to give off on 808s. He uses an ex- extensive amount of the Roland TR TR-808, which is a drum machine, and that's why it's called 808s and heartbreaks. Now, beautiful dark twisted fantasy, complete opposite of 808s, pretty much. It was like his big like coming out, like had to had to fix what he did with the Taylor Swift shit. And it kind of was just the maximalist version of every single one of his albums all put together. Yep. You know? And then, obviously, it had the themes of the celebrity with it, gave the anxiety themes, kind of. Just basically every single thing that he did was now in the cohesive album together. And it was, like, that times ten. It was just on drugs. Then the next thing was Yeezus. Because that was right before Watch the Throne, right? Or yeah. was it the other way around?
1: Watch the Throne was before Yeezus. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm going to skip right to Yeezus just because he... It was like... This was the one where everybody heard this and was like, what in the fuck is going on? Yep. It was just so just like blasphemous almost. He used Chicago Drill. He incorporates Acid House. He incorporates Dancehall. He incorporates Industrial Music. I love, it's I, like, I love that term. Acid House? Acid House. Yeah. I'll ch- it's like... It's a very specific it evil. So, um no, on site, that very first sound that you hear go, uh, Wow. Yeah, that's acid. Okay, okay. So but it's like abrasive, it's like unconventional, it almost makes your ears bleed the first right, time you right. hear but it. But it's makes like sense. but it works, you know? And it's just like shit that was never done in hip hop before. Right, right. And then he kind of moved it back to with Life of Pablo, he moved it back to more of the religious themes. Not quite yet, but it was like more soulful. He had the choir on there yep. with Chance, all that kind of shit. But I think uh, Life of Pablo doesn't get enough credit for how like wide variety it was. Um, like totally. production credits, you know? Because totally. it was like, I don't know, 20-something songs, but none of it was like the same, you know? And now, as we know it, he's uh, doing just straight secular music, whatever. Non-secular music. Non-secular, yeah. right. So I have listed down three different sections here. My favorite produced song on each album that he has. Then my favorite produced songs it. that he's on. I love it. And then my favorite produced songs that he isn't on. Let's do it. So, College Dropout, I had Slow Jams. And feel free to chime in with yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Slow Jams, just the iconic, like, the chipmunk sound, but with Twista. And the hook is just so fucking perfect. Yeah. Did you have one there? Keep on going for uh, yours. Yeah, f- of course. In. I yeah. kind of put you on the spot there. Late Registration, Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Probably my favorite song, just period, on that album graduation flashing lights was like that first time i like took a step back and like listened to a beat i was like holy shit man this is like almost not edm but like edm took or edm did like made you focus on just the beats they wouldn't even do music but this is the first time i was like this is a hip-hop song and the beat is crazy is crazy on him feels like i'm fucking driving and i feels like i'm on some sort of uh drugs here then so, 808's I had Paranoid What did you want to say?
1: I was going to say So College Dropout Mine's got to be All Falls Down That's, mm-hmm. that's mine
0: um, Yeah that sample's crazy
1: Yeah and then I really like I'm going to I got to stay with you man I think you said Diamonds from Sierra Leone yeah. own uh, Late registration right For right. me it's actually Probably got to be Heard him say Oh hell yeah With Adam Levine's Low key on that song I don't know if Adam people...
0: Levine's Loki key Been on hip hop songs yeah. For the last 20 years it's so he was funny. on Jack Harlow's album yeah, like insane. last week. It's
1: kind of funny, yeah.
0: Unreal, man. Did you have one for graduation?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. What would you
0: say again? It's all of them. Uh, flashing lights. So mine is uh, Everything I Am. Oh, awesome. That one does not get nearly enough love. So on Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, originally, I was going to say easily my favorite beat is Devil in a New Dress. Little did I look it up, that's like one of the few that he did didn't produce do. on there.
1: Yeah, who did that one?
0: Um, I think Mike Dean and somebody yeah, else. Yeah,
1: it was Mike Dean.
0: But Lost in the World, like, the way that, like, it kind of goes from 0 to 100, kind of. Yeah. It's, like, super slow. The auto-tune at the beginning, and then when the beat kicks in, it's, like, kind of like a victory moment. I don't know. And then for Watch the Throne, the Otis sample is, like, oh. probably my favorite, like, Kanye sample, like, fucking ever is Otis. I'm
1: sorry, I got a different one, bro. For that's fine. Mine is Lift Off.
0: Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah.
1: That's, that's a straight-up... Anthem, ballad, whatever you want to call it, that that's like a banger and a ballad in one song.
0: We don't talk about that album enough, just because like we always skip over it. <laughs> yep. Um, Jesus, I had New Slaves, so I did want to mention. Last time we talked about Playboy Cardi's song, the one with Kanye, that's the one that it reminded me of with the with the kind of horns in I'll the background that the you moon. were talking about.
1: Dude, I was listening to that song. I I think I told you I was like this reminds you of something. I just couldn't remember. It's what new it was. Slaves for me, You're right? Yeah, it like just that, the,
0: yeah. the same echoes in the background is like. I don't know. And then that's the one that he projected on the side of the building. Yep. And just like kind of, I don't know, it was massive. Then Life of Pablo, I think Father Stretch My Hands Part 1, also produced by Mike Dean and Metro Boomin. But that one is like just so massive. Yep. You know? That one still works at the nightclubs I fucking uh, found out like last year, last time I fucking DJed, I guess. So And then my other one was Real Friends. Ooh. With your boy, Boy Wanda. Yeah.
1: Real friends is a great one. I was gonna say for Eazy's for me it was Bound Two, which sounds nothing like the rest of Yeezus. That's but true. Uh, that, that is That is, true. That is a great good, song. Good. It's like it. almost like a throwback to his older days, like right. that that production.
0: Everybody likes Bound. Yeah. I did want to say with Real Friends wasn't that supposed to be for Drake or wasn't that yeah, something? It
1: was, it was produced for Drake. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah I'm sure. Why maybe that's, that's why Bound on on, yep. Yeah.
0: For Ye, it was All Mine. That's the one I think, uh, kind of the only like more upbeat one on there besides. Yikes, which is right before that. And then Feel the Love, when he starts screaming, I think oh it's God. fucking hysterical. <laughs> it's, it's so Kanye. And then Hands On, I think, also produced by Timbaland, is yep. the best production on that one. Or my favorite, at least. If you had any
1: others, no. I think feel free to chime in. I think you just nailed them all, man.
0: So favorite produced songs that he's a part of? Down and Out, Cameron, when it's like,
1: oh, oh. Yep.
0: So I did a lot of research on that one because I have read some shit that Kanye didn't actually produce it. And then I read some more shit that he did. So I'm going to go with the fact that he did. Go. I'm pretty
1: sure uh, Killa, like Cam, shouts him out on the yeah. song, right? Well, like, Kanye's on the song. He's on the song, I know, yeah. but I, fig- I figured he did it too. I don't right. Know.
0: You fig- you figure him being on the song, it sounds just well, like you that. You
1: know that um, Dips that was signed to Rockefeller Records? I yeah, guess. I did. So know they that. were working together very closely, I'm sure. I'm sure, sure Kanye they were both was part on of Rockefeller, yeah. Um,
0: go yeah. by Common, oh. which I'm pretty sure Kanye, like, executive no, produced no, the whole yeah. the whole album. Party by Beyonce, Andre, three thousand, and Kanye.
1: Yep, great
0: one. Um, Run This Town, Jay, Rihanna, and Kanye. Drunken Love Remix uh, with Kanye. That's that one doesn't get enough fucking love. Nope. And then Swagger Like Us, uh, Ti, Lil Wayne, and Kanye off of uh, Paper song. Trail, I
1: think. Great song, yeah. So I got one or two uh, songs that he produced that he isn't on, but we have, you haven't gotten there yet. So. No, I'm
0: gonna do that next. Go so for that. this one. I found something that I didn't even know he fucking produced. Let the beat build Lil Wayne. Show me a good time, Drake. Sky Might Fall. I haven't songs out
1: way that. He's not on. The fucking rapper shout him out like I'm Let, let the Beat Build. I'm sure Lil Wayne says, Shout out to Kanye and Diesel for giving me this diesel.
0: Yeah, shit. Man, you've been catching that shit since we were children. Sky Might Fall, Cuddy, Nostalgia, Pusha and Kendrick. Overnight Celebrity, Twista, I Don't Fuck With You, Big Sean, which also had uh, Mustard produce it. It sounds like a Mustard. Yeah, it does. (laughs) 3 Bonnie and Clyde, Beyonce and Jay, This Can't Be Life, Jay, Bitch Better Have My Money, Rihanna, If You Know You Know, Pusha, and We Got Love, Tiana Taylor and Lauryn Hill, which came out last year.
1: Yep. So, a couple songs to add for me. Dreams by The Game was on the original documentary in 2005. It's... A soulful beat And it's like Probably one of Game's like Most like emotional songs Okay It's very old Like I said It came out in 2005 But that is Like one of those Like haunting beats Yeah uh, One of my cousins Who doesn't even like Rap music That was like His favorite rap song when we were, we were kids Hell oh, yeah I thought that was funny And then another one That he's not on That I really like And there's so many man yeah, There is so many I didn't
0: even give you I didn't even give you A fucking tip of the iceberg Of all the fucking shit I was gonna
1: say uh, I think another one I really like is uh, Nostalgia yeah. Push of Teeth featuring Kendrick Lamar. Did you manage to? That yeah, one? I did. Okay. Yeah, that's probably my uh, one of my favorites. But yeah, I, I think you pretty much covered them all. I also liked, you did say You Mad, right? By Vic no, Marissa. I didn't.
0: Oh, I forgot Kanye produced that. Yeah. What a banger.
1: So, yeah, that's it. It's crazy because, like, Kanye, man, he literally has, I would say, like, six or seven different, like,
0: producers inside him you know what i mean right like he's it's, lived the life he, of yeah that's why so like i feel bad putting him at three but these two, next two guys i go into are like before his yeah. time kind of so like i don't think kanye who he is who he is without these guys kind yeah, of thing you enough. know not fair enough so you go on to your number two
1: yeah so my number two kind of alluded to it last episode but is noah 40 should be so this is like drake's main man not just like you know favorite producer, but like his, like, boy, I don't, I'm pretty sure Drake has said multiple times, like, he wouldn't be around if it wasn't for 40. Yeah, like pushing him, working with him, pretty much like making Drake who he is today. Yeah, I'm excited um, for this one. Yeah, man, this is gonna be a crazy one. Like I said, I mean, Drake himself will tell you that 40 is like the biggest part of his uh, success. It's kind of funny because if Drake doesn't blow up, I'm not sure you would ever we would ever hear about 40. You know what Yeah, I mean?
0: that's a kind of weird to think about, you know, because you'll, like, 40 just, I heard that interview with him, he pretty much just does his own thing, like, yep. whenever he wants. Obviously, he's sick, but it is, like, he's not, like, relying on Drake, but at the same time, he's just, like, that's that's his guy, yep, you know? Exactly.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of funny, too, because if you look, I'll talk about it later, but, like, 40 really doesn't produce for many people except for drake it's really rare to get a song that's produced by 40 that isn't doesn't have drake on it at least whether it's a feature or whatever but i'll mention a couple that i found and i really liked and i knew about but it's really rare so let's talk about 40's production style right yeah so i think the best way to describe it really atmospheric and moody yeah it's also very like lo-fi it basically makes it sound like there's nothing Going against Drake's vocals So Drake's vocals are just basically sitting on top of the beat And he was really like the first person to do this In hip-hop Where it's like Drake's vocals just cut through Straight to your ears Like there's nothing like Competing with his voice right. Whereas like Even like You know Trap rap Like it's all beat it's all beat right and you can barely hear the vocals you you can go like half a year and think the rapper is saying one thing and then you look up the lyrics on Genius and you're like oh Future was saying this Yeah. whereas with Drake there's no fucking question yeah you know I mean? this
0: so I was gonna say like production like when people think uh, like a hip hop producer they're like oh they make beats well like 40 does like it's not just that it's a soundtrack. He's taking he's taking Drake and like Putting him on top, yep. almost like a fucking three D song, yep. you know. So he's he's use he's using Drake's voice too, but it's not. He's like amplifying it almost, you know.
1: Yep, exactly, exactly. And I was gonna say another thing that Forty doesn't have. That's like a typical producer thing. He doesn't have like a producer tag, you know. There's no like a lot of music Harry Fraud or anything yeah. like that. But he has something way better. He's got Drake calling him out on a ton of his songs. Every song, yeah. So that's even better. Much. You got. I got forty in the studio every night, late night, gotta watch that stick. don't wanna make him sicker. Or you got 40's the only one that know how to deal with the pressure. So yeah. this is like here here's forty actually himself describing his production style. So he says lo fi is reducing the sample rate, therefore the quality of the recording. It's equivalent to rolling off the top end or making it muddier or sound like you're listening to the speakers of a club from behind the wall. Which is very similar. It's funny, I swear to God, I didn't even read it. You said this. the shit about Harry Fraud? The Harry Fraud's Playboy Cardio location song. That's yeah. exactly how I felt about that. So I was, he, he, he goes on to say, I wanted a sound. Around Drake, so his vocals would cut, so he can understand every fucking word perfectly. Because I thought his words were so important, and this was a space now that he can exist completely in the front, and everything else would be in the back supporting it. Oh, like a soundtrack to a movie, you know, right. exactly like that. For me, man, it's really hard to pick a favorite song because if you go, it's just like Boy Wonder. If it wasn't produced by Boy Wonder, it was produced by Forty, and Forty was produced probably like seventy percent, and Boy Wonder the other thirty percent. Yeah, but he literally did. More than half of So Far Are Gone. I think one of my favorites is Nice For What on Scorpion. That was a 40 production. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So,
0: I'm going to give you that production, that sample is like going to be all time. Answer me, answer me. Yeah, yeah it
1: definitely is. So, I'm going to give you my favorite 40 produced Drake song and my favorite non-Drake 40 produced song. Okay. Okay. So, I think there's no... You can't like give me another like number one Drake song other than marvin's room which perfectly encapsulates drake and 40s production style yeah there really is not a better song than that so it's really only made possible because of 40s like production it's basically i was reading about it he made the beat in a few hours drake heard it and wanted to use it and 40s like no it's not done yet drake said no don't fucking touch it like this is perfect it's the perfect example of like the lo-fi sound That makes it sound like you're literally listening to Drake's drunk dial from across the room. Like, you're at the same party. Right. Drake's in the, like, fucking bathroom calling this girl. And you're, like, head against the wall, like, listening to Drake fucking moon. It's
0: iconic, man.
1: Yeah, it really is, man. So, that's my favorite uh, Drake 40 bruce song. My favorite non-Drake 40 bruce song is Acting Crazy by Action Bronson. It was really wild when... Uh, I saw that Bronson got this uh, production from 40 so this was off one of his like I think technically his debut like actual album was called Mr. Wonderful came out in 20 I want to say 15 so most of the song is like a first generation sound so there's no samples which is kind of I would say typical for forty he, right. he does use um samples and stuff, but it's not like he's not like you know Kanye where it's like all sample based right yeah, now yeah,, like that. so action does the hook and then half the reverse was apparently made in Toronto, and then he brought it back to Alchemist's house because Bronson is really good friends with Alchemist, okay, and they finished the song up in l a with Alchemist in his house. I didn't know that man, yeah, it's really cool and like I said, this the style of uh, acting crazy is a way different than what you hear on Marvin's Room. The beat is all about the interplay of the drums, and, the, and there's, like, random piano loops, and just results in, like, a barrage of bars that come from Bronson, and it's perfect for Bronson, because it's, like, the beat is so crazy, and then Bronson's just, like, on there saying, outlandish shit, like, I'm okay. eating oysters, like, half-naked, and, like, Meldives or whatever the fuck Bronson's talking right. about. It's just like a perfect beat. So it's really cool. Like, just go and listen to Martin's room and listen to Acting Crazy, and you're like, damn, the same guy made this, this is nuts.
0: That is wild. I'm gonna, I'm kind of going through a 40s discography and like looking at Obviously, with Drake's commercial albums, it is about like 70%. Yeah. But favorites of mine gotta be Over My Dead Body. Yeah. Tuscan Leather. How much time? Yeah. <laughs> Um, six Man I like a lot from if you're reading this um, which 40 didn't produce a lot oh Jungle bro Jungle's a Drake classic and then probably One Dance I didn't even know that 40 was part of yep. that man yeah I'm so excited as we uh kind of preview the Drake shit that we that we do every single episode this month now, because we haven't seen anything from it. But Drake's on some island right now Let's talk about pictures. the leak
1: real quick. we totally forgot to talk about the
0: leak. Oh yeah, what was it called? Lefty something. Lucky Lefty. Lucky Lefty. Yeah, it was it was sick.
1: So it was sam- really sick. I, we don't know who produced it, but it was it samples the Isley Brothers. So it was like yes. a classic uh, hip hop sample. And man, if Drake's album sounds like that, give me album of the year. Give me Drake's best album ever. Cause that song is, I sent it to my brother, sent it to Sam who was on the podcast, and they're both like, "Damn, they don't hear, you don't hear Drake like this anymore." No, you don't.
0: This, yeah. So this "Lucky Lefty" song was, you could find it on like Reddit and shit. It was, it was really dope. It I saw you really send
1: me the link. I downloaded that shit to my computer. So I'm like, this shit's gonna be taken down in like a month. I'm never gonna hear it again. I'm gonna make sure this is on my phone forever. Yeah,
0: this is probably not gonna be on. Drake's not like that where he's gonna leave this on the album. Every time yeah. I freaking hear a leak like this, unless he leaks it on purpose. It doesn't make the album, exactly. so maybe uh I think the last time I heard a Drake leak that actually made it was a uh, Faithful, I think, from Views. You remember that one yep. with Pimp C? All right, am I up? Yeah. Number two, I have our main man, who hopefully is doing a little bit better in the hospital right now. Yeah, Dre, Doctor Dre. I think he's still technically in the hospital, but they're just like like making sure he's got like fluids and shit, all that. But I think he's doing better. Fingers crossed. But Dr. Dre, man, I don't even know where to begin. Started in, like, late 80s, kind of, on the streets. I mean, you could watch that movie, Straight Outta Compton. It's executive produced by him. He pretty much, like, it's about his life. But he, he just paved the way for the West Coast G-Funk sound that we all know and love. And I don't believe that hip-hop would be what it is today without Not Dr. Close. Dre, man. Not even, close. Not even close. In the NWA days, he just used... The SP 1200 to sample, like pretty much uh, all those rappers of the time did, yeah. but Dre was like one of the best at it. And he would sample like funk songs and like some classic rock songs, and he would create a signature sound that way. It's like the multi layered synths and the deep bass. So it's kind of hard to explain, and I can't really do it with my w- mouth, but like that wow, 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 wow. That will always be like Dr. Dre's sound. So, like, think of nothing but a G thing. is probably yeah. the most iconic, like, synth when he just uses a keyboard and he plays, like, four different keys and turns it into a jam that you'll, you could listen to for the rest of your life. But another thing about Dre is his, like, crazy work ethic. Yeah. This dude would be in the studio, like, for nights at a time without fucking sleeping, days at a time. And then he would make his collaborators work their hardest <laughs> yeah. to get this like thing perfect, then you ain't fucking leaving till it's perfect. Yes, sir. And he that's why he's a billionaire, man. You gotta fucking work hard. But I could just imagine like going through a song like a hundred times and then like they would do it with it was kind of almost playful with Easy E in the movie. Right. Where they would just make Easy do it again and again and yep. again. But that was just because they were like half making fun of him, you know? Yep, yep. But that's pretty much how it was with like every one of guys Dre worked with and that's how that's why they're successful. But he's got production credits on a ton of NWA records. Boys in the Hood, which is, I think, technically just Eazy-E. Right. But Straight Outta Compton is the, and Express Yourself are the two like big classic. like You could recognize those samples anywhere. Yeah. And then people would sample these songs after Dre did it. So he was like the trendsetter there. Gangsta Gangsta, Easy Does It, which he sampled uh, The Temptations in there. Papa Rosa Rolling Stone. And then, fast forward a little bit, we get to The Chronic. Arguably the greatest hip hop or top five of all time, undisputed. It changes the fucking entire game. He went solo from N.W.A. and the the production on the entire album is like unbelievable. He's like, to my knowledge, he was like the first to like throw like skits in there, but like make them like funny. Right. Those hard hitting synthesizer beats, like fuck with Dre Day, and nothing but a G thing. And Did you mention still Dre. Still Dre is on 2001. Ah. So I'll, I will get there in a second. Let Me Ride, uh, Little Ghetto Boy, Rat-A-Tat-Tat. That's probably my favorite one on there. Sorry, I had to pull up the track list. But anyway, if you haven't heard the Chronic... Also, Bitches Ain't Shit with with Snoop Dogg is like the original one who people are now sampling that, that song. Right, right. Uh, like today, I think uh, Tyga did and other people did. Anyway, he like paved the way for like that West Coast sound. Everybody on the West Coast is what they are, like YG... Uh, Tyga, Ty Dolla Sign, they're all making shit because of what Dre did, yep. which is which is unbelievable to me. And then he also like you know the song "Regulate" Warren G, yeah, like that sound was created from Dre. Dre didn't produce it, but like he inspired him. And then "Doggy Style" I think was the other big one, which is Snoop Dogg's like debut album with "Gin and Juice" and "Who Am I" and "Ain't No Fun." Just those fucking classic songs. But this is when he started to change the G-Funk sound a little bit. So the G-Funk sound that everybody knows is like how I think you're freaking riding with the with the car with the, the suspension like banging yep. down the street. Hydraulics. and it's like Hydraulics, yeah. there you go. Like 95 to 100 BPM, it like works in the nightclub. And he added, like change it up a little bit, he added a song called Murder Was the Case on Snoop's uh, album, which gave it like that darker kind of sound. He slowed it down a little bit and this slowed sound it helped pave the way for a song like "Still Dre." So he started to take away the piano, and uh, or take away the keyboard to a classic piano, and he uh, would use claps instead of uh, drum hits to make it like sound almost a little bit more minimal. But the beats were like tighter, and "Still Dre" is like the one that that people like think of or forgot about Dre with Eminem. So he, another thing, he like really helped Eminem. Like, come on with... I think My Name Is was like was probably his first big one. As well as 50 Cent, a few years later. So, some other massive hit singles. Um, Supersonic by J.J. Fad way back in the 80s. And then, in the mid-90s, California Love was Tupac's, yep. arguably, most famous song. Nothing but a G-Thing. Uh, Gin and Juice, My Name Is, Real Slim Shady. Then, my personal favorites that he had production credits on are In the Club... Fuck with Dre Day, Who Am I, Ain't No Fun. If I Can't by Fifty Cent. And uh Mary J. Blige, Family Affair. Now, if you have any that you could uh come up with, I'd be happy to hear those. But now he like kind of stepped back. I mean, he he had that like album, I think, Compton, maybe in like what, 2015. I don't really know how to explain it, but now but like he paved the way for artists like Kendrick, too. Yeah. You know, so like everybody is doing what they're doing because of what Dr. Dre did.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, newer age songs that Dre has produced.
0: Yeah, they're, um, they're not as iconic. No, that's, that's for sure. But he, he doesn't fucking need that. I mean, like, the Beats headphones thing was probably what, like, kids think, think about when they think of Dr. Dre, right? Yes. Um, Eminem Recovery, he did had talk, some did you, on there. Did
1: you talk about the game in 50 Cent, how we do Oh, just, uh, I did not. Yeah. That's
0: Dr. Dre. There you go. The classic that's where the piano came in, yep. in the in the early two thousands. But yeah, um Compton, which he that was his album, but he only produced like half of it. Yeah. I not not really much more recently. Oh, some with Anderson Pack. Yep. Oh, and then some actually in on Eminem's new album. Yeah, music to be murdered by. Yeah, I it's kind of
1: it's kind of sad we'll never hear Detox. Although I mean, maybe Do that you think Compton, we'll never hear. It? Yeah, I think maybe that Compton album was like some of Detox or something. That's okay, what, That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, but, that was back
0: in 2015.
1: Yeah, man. Like I remember, like I think Detox is like the most mythical hip hop projects of all time. Like yeah, I sh- I last week I showed you that Kendrick Lamar song like uh, Look Out for Detox. Yeah. So. That's one, like, allusion to it. And then on a song by Drake and Lil Wayne called Ransom, Lil Wayne has a bar where he's, like, me and Drizzy both wrote On Detox. Right. So, I mean, like, everyone's, like... It's,
0: and that shit was fucking ten years ago. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, so, I I mean, maybe we'll never get it. Maybe we already got it. I don't know. But that's probably, like, one of me, like, like gonna the, lock, it's it's the, like... It's going to bug you for the rest of your life. It's like the next a monster of hip-hop. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, does it exist? Does it not? I right. don't know.
0: Right, you wanna to go to your number one?
1: Yeah, let's do it. So, my number one, man, it's gonna be someone that I've already mentioned probably a couple of times actually, but it's Alchemist. Yep. Man, he's been making music since the 90s, like some of the other guys we mentioned, like we haven't even mentioned these guys, but these are like probably some of the like honorable entrants. So, DJ Premier, Pete Rock. Yep. Alchemist was actually Eminem's official like tour DJ back mm. in the day. So, he's uh, obviously worked with a ton of different artists since then. He literally has covered, like, all the sub-genres of the rap game. He worked a lot with Mobb Deep, worked a lot with Fat Joe and other, like, New York, New York rappers in the early 2000s. Okay. But he's really reinvented himself over and over again to remain relevant. So he has produced... He basically does all of Action Bronze's music. Okay. He collabs a ton with Currency. He did, like, a couple of joint albums with Currency. All right. And then, obviously, we, um, we all know about Alfredo this year. Right. So that was all... The Alchemist, too. Yeah. So, I'm gonna... I think the best way to do this with Alchemist, I'm gonna give you two songs or so for each decade that he's been in production, okay? That's tight. Yeah, so we're gonna do 1990s. So, Terror Squad bring it on so terror squad is just like fat joe's crew back in the day right so that was probably his first commercially like renowned song that really brought him into the limelight the beat is all thumping percussion and fat joe just tears it up just like a classic like new york sound, especially in the 90s that's kind of what brought fat joe into like the mainstream too yeah so before fat joe was fat joe he was part of terror squad which had um big pun in it too Okay. Yeah. So two thousands. So I got a couple different ones here, but I ended up going with the. I think it's my personal most most underrated song from Carter Three. It's called "You Ain't Got Nothing." All right. It features Fabulous, Jewel Santana, and obviously Wayne. All three of them stand out verses, and the beat is very unique for Lil Wayne. So very hard synths on the beat, and this is a Alchemist's take on the beat. I sent it to Wayne to get on it and he said, I like to use my album and I was like, Yeah, who am I to not like say use it for like the Car Three, the most anticipated album of like the two thousands, right. you know, at that point. He said a lot of the beats I use, they don't really see the light and they don't see like where like what my where my head is at when I'm like showing them for the first time. Okay. Um, and then he's got he said I gotta do sometimes like a Jedi mind trick to get people to like see what I'm seeing with the beat so he said that's what happened with this song it was supposed to be for the Alchemist album okay then he's like I want to get Jules and Fab so two New York rappers on the beat so that's what he did and then so those people are on the album on the song for the Alchemist album Low Wayne hears it he's like I got this on my album give this to me so he takes the fucking fabulous verse takes the Juice Santana's verse takes the beat and just adds his verse to it oh yeah so it's like almost like a package song for Lil Wayne right honestly I guess when you're that hot in the game though like yeah. everyone's dying to get a placement on your album that's you true you know so it is what it is and then 2010 so this is another like I mentioned Fat Joe I mentioned Lil Wayne 2010 so I'm talking about mac miller red dot music with action Bronson. so this is like such a frenetic beat it'll literally make you bop your head for the whole fucking five minutes of the song yeah it's also like a very melancholy like um kind of sad instrumentals too it's like a banging beat but also the actual instrumental is very like kind of sad so it's kind of like the contrast of it. it is what really makes it stand out uh and if you don't know red dot music Mac Miller is basically like the devil's music so yeah. that's like the song title really goes along with like how the beat sounds yeah uh, it's really cool though this song is just like literally like Action Bronson uh, Mac Miller just rapping three verses just going back and forth all this crazy ass beat crazy chorus really like one of the best songs I think Mac Miller ever put out and one of the um, songs they put out that really made people like look at him as a real rapper. I feel like because right. you know that was right after his like Blue Slide Park days. Yeah. So uh,
0: speaking of Mac Miller, I just got his uh, Swimming in Circles uh, like d- oh, double vinyl set. Nice. Uh, and it's like the his last like projects ever, and I got them all uh, like off his website. I'm pretty fucking excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Man. Fuck yeah. Um, and another song from 2010s was Break the Bank by Schoolboy Q. You wouldn't think like, The Alchemist produced that But yeah Like I said He doesn't just like Produce underground songs
0: What album is that from?
1: It was off Of uh, Oxymoron By oh, Schoolboy right. Q okay. So Schoolboy Q's Biggest commercial album right. With all the hits But yeah Break the Bank Was literally a smash hit And the instrumental Really drove the song You know Like right. La da da da, la da. And then, like, there's points where School IQ just, like, doesn't even say anything and just lets, like, instruments. The, the the yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And then for 20, 2020, I already mentioned this, but he literally produced all of, uh, almost all of Freddie Gibbs' Grammy nominated album, Alfredo.
0: Yeah, go back to our Alfredo episode. I think we talked about that very early in the podcast, but we talked about that plenty. I fucking love that album. Have you returned to it at all? Oh, yeah. All the time. Me too. Yeah.
1: I think my hair song is the uh, michael jordan song the cocaine, or- cocaine circus oh yeah 85 i think it's called
0: yep that's right anyway yeah i i wish i knew more about alchemist as well but yeah he's like fucking super dope i've learned so much about him just this year than i ever fucking did before so i'm yes, very sir. pleased with that so my number one you gotta guess it's pharrell and the neptunes right yep. So, I have written down the Neptunes, but, like, Pharrell, like, produced some shit, like, on his own. He's just a... He's a genius. Yeah. Some people who don't really know hip-hop think of him as that annoying guy with the big hats. Yeah. Who made fucking Happy Clap Along. But he's so much more than that. And he's, like, truly an icon. Two guys from Virginia Beach, which is not a hip-hop area at all so when they first came to the game in like the early 90s everybody's like who the fuck are these two seriously but chad started out just playing tenor sax and then realized like a lot of songs on the radio he's hearing like have the saxophone and pharrell played drums he also ended up playing like every instrument right but the drums were like his big thing and then these two were like boys in high school and they won a talent show that's awesome and they won a chance to get in the studio with uh teddy riley who ended up signing them so teddy's like kind of just listening to them like create a beat and he like basically he's like holy shit i just like caught lightning in a bottle like these guys are these guys are it and they figured that out shortly after and then they leave teddy to go like on their own probably a good call but their production style was like really influenced by like the 70s disco music you hear the saxophones you hear the jazz but then they create it to be just the Neptune sound. This is like more hard to explain than any of the other guys we've talked about. Yep. It's just like banging drums. It's like that super dancey beat that it's like kind of what people would consider just like 2000s pop, but also hip hop. But that doesn't really explain it very well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. It's just so iconic that like everybody's just used to the sound. They would be like, this is just what music sounds like yep. of this generation. And that goes into um, what Chad said. He goes, we aspire to make people feel like they're on drugs from the music alone. We're taking you that. into the intergalactic where you've never been before. I love that. It's, it's like kind of crazy. And he made like, they, they made the beats like, the first like hard beats, like the first hard hitting beats. Because the drums are like so massive. The, the one that I think of, and is easily my favorite beat of theirs, is "Grinding by Clips. Doo! everybody likes that shit and everybody who has been using those drums for years to come and still will be using yeah. those you know so along with producing Pharrell originally wrote the lyrics to Rump Shaker back in 1992 all I wanna do zoom 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 that was shit before I was fucking born man
1: yeah that's crazy
0: and that's when they realized they were like way ahead of their time so they have worked uh Another big beat um, was called Super Thug. That was um, one that kind of used like a synth like Dr. Dre, but it was more dancey. Then they had all these rappers calling him up, being like, we need a beat from you, we need yeah. a beat from you. Southern Hospitality by Luda, Shake That Ass, Mystical, I Just Want to Love You, Jay-Z. And then they got into the pop realm. Or they brought hip-hop to the mainstream, is what I say. Because it's not really pop, but like... Nobody's working with Britney, yeah. you know? I'm a slave for you. Nobody's working with Justin Timberlake. Or, well, people are working with Justin Timberlake, but everybody wants to work with him. Yep. But it was the Neptunes. Like, I love you. Senorita, rock your body. And then um, they're still making, like, these bangers, like, Pass the cor- Corvassier. Uh, Don't this shit make you people want to, you know? Like, shit that will be able to play in the club for fucking ever yep. is Neptune shit. And it's, like, it's so crazy to me, man. They forced the pop to move into hip-hop, not the other way around. And at one point, they had like 60 to 70% of everything on the radio was produced by them. It's unbelievable and it'll never happen again. Yeah. It's, it's truly unbelievable. But my personal favorites, other than Grinding, also there are rumors that Jay wanted that song. And since Pusha and the other guy from Clips are from Virginia, the Neptunes were like, no, we're going we're gonna to give this to our Virginia boys. Yep. And I'm like, man, oh, yeah. that shit that. was so hot. The other one they had, what's the um, other big Clip song? Uh, What Happened to That Boy, maybe? Yeah. yeah, that was Neptune's as well. Got Your Money, ODB, Youngin' by Fabulous, uh, You Don't Have to Call, probably my favorite beat that Usher was ever on. Yeah, I'm Hot in Here, Nelly, which is now being fucking recreated or sampled by, for a new song called Buss It, which I should have talked about for Songs of the Week. Yeah. That, uh, that one's going to be a twerking song for <laughs> 2021. Drop It Like It's Hot, and then uh, Signs, both of them by Snoop. And if you have any to add, like I was about to say,: There's so the, many fucking uh, crazy ones, bro.
1: Yeah, Do you say a uh, milkshake? Right? No, I didn't.
0: They, yeah, yeah it's, they had milkshake. <laughs> oh, just like the iconic fucking songs are yeah. just Neptune songs. That's just the way it was, man. They're officially back in 2022, or 2020 as well. Hopefully they'll be still sticking around in 2022. But they produced that Siza song, "Hit Different," which we talked about. And then that entrepreneur song by Jay Z, which we oh, don't right. really listen to, yeah. but and then pomegranate as well. That was like their official return. I didn't love pomegranate, yeah. but it was a sign that they were back. These two, these two guys, like I think they whatever they make could fucking be of the time and be better. 100%. You know.
1: Did Did you mention off uh, front? No, I didn't. That's Jay, right? Yeah, yeah it's
0: such a banger.
1: It's just uh, it's funny because like they've been around so long, and Pharrell looks the same as they did. In like 2000, <laughs> he, really he does, does bro. in 2020. Dude, 2020.
0: I, was, I was watching, um, what's that song, Hip Hop Evolution? Yeah. And Pharrell, before I was born, looks the exact same as he does right now. Yep. It's unbelievable.
1: Yep, it's crazy, man.
0: But yeah, that's how we kind of wrap it up. If you got anything to add, please do. But that was like probably my favorite topic that we've ever fucking talked about. Yeah, it was this. awesome.
1: A lot of research uh, for both of us. Uh, like, I think it was for both of us like something, one of those things that we like already like knew a decent amount about them and then when you start doing research you're like holy shit I didn't know this this and this yes wow. it's amazing and hopefully
0: about. you guys got the same shit out of that but we're gonna come back next time and talking it into existence we gotta do it we're doing Jay-Z next week Yep, 444 hope you guys listen then thanks a lot